Lightweight baby. Normally this session was planned to be anonymous and I was going to have a bit of a listen out session with anybody that wants to come on, just express some thoughts and feelings and emotions about going through the apocalypse right now and what it feels like. This has obviously obviously been a time where people have a chance to think, to feel uh, and to react in many different ways. We're all finding out bits and pieces about ourselves, but unfortunately the things didn't go as planned as usual and my first guest has wanted to not be anonymous and I think that will actually end up being well. So I want to introduce to you matt orchid hey matt how you going guys beautiful now matt has decided to come on and matt and i actually share something very very similar in terms of some mental experiences going through in bodybuilding and the whole fitness and training lifestyle so we're going to delve a little bit into that first of all matt i just want to ask like why did you decide to see my instagram and and slide into my dms after i put up a small post the other day just about hey if anyone's experiencing some shit drop me a line and let's have a chat um, straight away, it was something that I gravitated towards, um, you know, listening to, like you said, I've, I've got clients of my own and I know people around me and things like that are going through some tough times. And, you know, we're going to touch on some shit that I've been through, um, as well. And it's something that I've always wanted to breach into, um, you know, the idea of mental illness or mental instability, or even just battling issues that people think that they shouldn't have to talk about or don't want to talk about um, the idea of, of social awareness and, and just speaking about how we feel um, is something that is very important to me. So the second that I saw you were talking about it, I was like, yeah, I need to be involved in this hundred percent. That's awesome, man. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, the whole topic around mental health is something that's been growing more and more lately, but I feel like the more it grows, uh, the more disparity grows as a result of that. So a lot of people will categorize different thoughts and feelings of certain things. And people don't realize, you know, like in order to categorize yourself as having a, a mental illness, you need to f- tick a lot of boxes. And yeah. one of the big problems that we have right now with the, with the DSM, uh, which is something that, we, we, that clinicians use to actually categorize mental illnesses and diagnose, is that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of different uh kind of like symptoms that need to be presented for a variety of different things and you can feel a whole bunch of different things for different symptoms and it might not necessarily mean that you have a disorder and it might also not mean that you have a a mental illness in a certain aspect it can just mean that you're experiencing something in a different level and i feel that especially right now in fitness and bodybuilding a lot of people might feel stressed or they'll feel anxious about what's happening and for the large part you know that's that's human it's not a it's not an illness straight away. It's not a disorder. It's something that uh, is normal for most people. But in bodybuilding and fitness, we pride ourselves on always striving to be the best that we possibly can. We always want to improve and we always want to do better. And it's so hard because at the beginning, like you need that that motivation and that mindset to actually succeed and once you start seeing the results you go well this is a direct result of the effort that i'm putting in you know the the work that i'm doing gives me more results therefore the more work that i do the better the results <laughs> the better results i'll get you agree i absolutely agree um funny you should touch on um that sort of hard work thing it was something that i was talking about um with someone else the other day um i come from a, a bit of a different sport background so i grew up playing team sports things like that um and i've kind of been dealing with this I think the biggest word that I've used and the biggest issue with everything that's going on at the moment is routine. I think bodybuilders and fitness people are like, you know, routine is such a massive thing. You get up, you do your morning cardio, you eat meals at this specific time, you train at this specific time. And having that thrown out of whack, I think, has been some of the biggest things to cope with, um, specifically with the bodybuilding and fitness community. Um, Routine's a really, really big thing. 100%, man. Like in bodybuilding, um, we all – 
I, I would argue that we get into it because we have these control tendencies and it yep. usually stems from something earlier on. Like most people that are into fitness and bodybuilding, especially at the levels that like you and I are, where it's probably started uh, way back. Well, hang on, hang on. I'm not on your level. Let's just... Let's <laughs> Come on. I'm 5'3", 360 pounds at the moment. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to be 5'3", for the rest of my life. Um, but man, you know, like for me, it's... I look back and I think of my childhood and I think, man, like I was always the, the short, overweight kid and I was fit. And I was really frustrated that my fitness didn't reflect my physique. And that was something that I carried through with me from when I was 10 until now. And... I feel like everyone that gets into fitness, especially when they get in in their like teenagers or early twenties, they're doing so because they've got something in them that that pushes them to want to improve something about themselves. Um, but it's because not because they want to be doing better. It's because that they don't want to be worse than where they're currently at. They look at where they're at and they go, "Oh, I don't like this. I'm not in the position that I want to be in in comparison to my peer groups or my mates or the people that I look up to. Therefore, I need to fix this problem that I have rather than I need to." I need to improve something about myself and I'm currently already happy with it. Yeah, and I that feel that spurred me on a lot growing up. Um, I guess almost an inferiority complex, I suppose, of, you know, I was always comparing myself to so many other people and, you know, I, I had to be the best and that, that, that pushed me a lot and um, affected me a lot when I wasn't um, not because, you know, not because I wasn't good enough or whatever. It was like, okay, it was more of like a, how can I get better from this? And, as I said, it's always constantly, I can work harder, I can work harder, I can work harder type, type thing. Yeah, spot on. So why did, um, why did you get into competing in the first place? Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, I, as I said, I have a massive sport background. Uh, so I grew up playing AFL, um, played at a pretty decent level with there, and then jumped across, started playing basketball. Um, ended up going and playing a couple of years over in the U.S., um, and then sort of realized at the point that there weren't too many five foot ten white Australian dudes in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to have to start looking at something a little bit different. And about that time, I was really starting to get into sort of the strength and conditioning. Um, and then my love kind of grew from there. So, you know, understanding how the body works, how mechanics work, how diet and nutrition work, things like that, supplementation, um, started to look into that. And, and then it sort of became a, an obsession with, with lifting. You know, every time you go into the gym with the boys, it was always like, all right, let's let's throw a couple of plates on the bench and see who can rep the most. And it kind of just grew from there. And then I guess that's where my inferiority complex came in. It was like, okay, I can lift this on this day. So next week I can come in and I better lift the same weight for more reps or lift more weight for the same reps type thing. Yeah, man, that's it. Like I remember, oh, this is going to sound real bad, but like I remember when uh, training was fun. <laughs> I remember. Well, yeah, you know I what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I, I miss being able to just go to the gym with my mates and like just talk shit with both of them and, you know, be, be competitive with each other and do things for the sake of it instead of doing things because I wasn't good enough anymore, because I needed to build a bigger chest, because I needed to have leaner quads. It was just, oh, he's stronger than me. I'm like, fuck you, I'll get stronger than you, yep. you know, like that was that was fun. Um yep. And somewhere along the line, I know for me, like that, that fun, that fun died out. And as I got more into bodybuilding, uh, that competitiveness probably grew, but it grew more because I was really starting to find bits about myself that I was constantly comparing against either other competitors or other people. And I'm going, I'm not enough yet. Therefore, I need to do this to be more. Um, when do you think you sort of realize like that point happening for you? Um, man, that's been 
I've always kind of had that kind of mindset. Um, you know, touching about on on sort of like my inferiority, and I was actually having a conversation with my partner like not even a couple of days ago. Um, and as I said, I was saying earlier, we've got a one-year-old, so that's like that's pretty amazing. And she she competed before we had her, um, and sort of hasn't been able to train sort of properly and routinely since. But you know, been working on a bunch of other things. Anyway, long story short, she sort of was chatting away, and she sort of said that she. Um, looked in the mirror and was, was really happy with the person that was sort of staring back at her. She was gotten to a point where um, she was content with who she was and who she looked like. And I sort of sat there and I was like, I, I honestly can't remember a time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I remember that time. And after I'd been training for 17 years was when I looked in the mirror and I was like, I'm okay. <laughs> and I'm like, hang on a second. <laughs> I, can only, I can only think of one time where I've ever been um, content with, with how I look and I was backstage, the Arnold qualifier in Melbourne. Um, I had my mate was sort of helping me pump up and get ready. And he took one photo of me with the right lighting and the right angle. And I was doing the right pose and he showed me the photo and I was like, yeah, not bad, I guess. Like I, 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 can, I can deal with that. And like on a, on a show day and that was a day I sort of, as I said, I went out and won the state title. So I must've looked okay. But for me to be like, yeah, not bad, I guess. And that's like one of the only few times I can ever think of looking at myself and being like, I'm content with how I look. 100%, man. And that that is so, that, that's so important and very enlightening for you to see because in your eyes now, it's a, yeah, not bad, I guess. You know, yeah. this is state title winner in contention for pro card. Yeah, all right. Very bodybuilding-esque of us to think. Yeah, it could be better, yeah. <laughs> you know, and we can easily switch that around and go, well, yeah, I did well, but like, I've got to keep trying, got to keep pushing, yeah. got to get there. And it's not until we start to have a really deep look at other areas of our lives and we start to see other issues starting to come uh, to the forefront that we can go, hang on a second, that way of thinking, even though it is pushing me to do well and to be competitive and to succeed at a high level, that way of thinking is actually starting to impact some other areas and aspects of our lives and our thoughts and our feelings. I actually start to feel, I actually feel a sensation of guilt. Um, and my partner brought this up as well as, you know, I'm so negative about myself mm. in physical sense of, um, you know, anytime you step on the scales and you're a couple of kilos over what you want to be or you're a couple of kilos under where you want to be, whatever, it's like, I'm, I'm too fat, I'm too skinny, I'm, my chest isn't big enough, my legs aren't big enough. And she's like, she had to sit me down and was like, like there are 99.9% .9 of the world would fucking love to look like you. And that's where I sort of had to sit there and be like, fuck, I feel guilty for not appreciating the work that I've done. Right. Um, you know, I'm still looking at myself with such a negative mindset. It's like, when do I get to reward myself for how freaking hard I've worked? Yeah, exactly right, man. And that would be testing uh, both on like yourself, but also on any sort of interpersonal relationship that you'd have. So let's let's touch a little bit more on that. I want you to I want you to delve in a little bit more about like what, what did it feel like when you like you said you got a you got a one year old daughter at the moment now, yeah. Yep. So what did it what did it feel like in the change in you from being you know really into bodybuilding, competitive sports, and whatever, and then having your daughter? Like, did you notice a big change almost instantly, or was it something that progressed over the next couple of months um, in when your priorities were turning? Um, so this is something that I've had a conversation with a few people about. Is like my priorities didn't change, mm -hmm. but the reasons for those priorities changed. Hundred percent. Yeah. So it's like, and I'm sure you can relate to this as well. It was like before I had her. It was like, 
I'm going to be the best bodybuilder that I can be because I want to be the fucking best and I want to be better than everyone else. Mm. And now it's like, so when I went to the gym, that was my motivation. Like I'm training to be better than the next guy. Um, and now it's like, I want to be the best, whether it be bodybuilder or whatever, I want to be the best that I can be for her. Yeah. Um, so as I said, my priorities hasn't changed, but my incentive has in terms, yeah, of, in terms of competitiveness. Um, so in terms of that aspect, but you know, when it comes to her specifically, you, you, everything changes, like yeah, you, everything. And it's something that, you know, hearing other people try and explain to you and before you have a child, it's like, you hear them say, oh, words can't explain it. You'll know, you'll know when you have it. And it's like, oh yeah, as if like, you know, whatever, um, so why can't you just explain it to me? And then you hold her in your arms and you're like, fuck, I get it now. hundred percent. Yeah. It's like, it's like something else just opens up. Yeah. And you go, wow, there is so much more to life that yeah. I can feel and experiencing right now. Yep. Now, one thing before I go a little bit further and ask you a little bit more with the, with the process of, you know, I'm doing this all now for her or, and for a higher purpose. Um, that's a feeling that, you know, that, that drives me in the gym all the time. It's, it's no longer about, you know, what I can feel. Um, it's yeah. more about, well, you know, I want to be the best person that I can possibly be. Um, I went through personally a bit of a time when that was my whole center and my whole aim. And it actually caused me to look at the wrong types of priorities. And I was doing great when I was in the gym and, and it was motivating me. But was I being the best person? Was I being the best parent? Definitely not. And that was something that I really struggled with. And it was something that over time I had to develop and change because I started realizing that I can have an idea of what I think is going to be great. Like I can hold myself in my own eyes and think, yeah, I've got to, you know, push myself harder in the gym and do more squats and I'm doing it for her because I can, I can teach my daughter at some point in the future that you've got to push hard, you've got to work hard to get to your goals. But is that doing the best thing for her? Probably not. And in my eyes, it wasn't. In my eyes, after I thought about it more, I had to think, hang on a second, I would rather teach her how to balance goals in your life while also maintaining really strong relationships with the people that are close to you, i.e. your family. Um, and I thought that over time, I was starting to feel this like disconnect um, between myself and other relationships that I had because I was putting all this effort and attention into doing something that I thought was for a higher purpose. But really, it was just further enhancing my own like ego and trying to satisfy my own kind of selfish needs towards it instead of me thinking back and going well what lesson am I teaching and that's why like with my last prep I did it so differently you know like I made sure that I didn't put anything on a scale and I didn't contribute in any way like I can comfortably say that I didn't contribute in any way to any potential eating disordered behavior that could be experienced from a you know young girl watching someone going through a physique-based sport with dieting and weighing and stuff, you know, didn't, didn't hop on a scale around her, made sure to always eat like desserts and stuff. We'd have the same things, you know, a lot of it was all eyeballed. And when it came to training and things, it wasn't, you know, I'd, you know, take her into the gym and then I'd try to train around her. It was, yeah, that happened a couple of times as she was wanting to do it. But yep. for the most part, it was more, all right, I need to do cardio, but I'd rather look after her and do what she needs right now. And then later on, if I've got to do, you know, running on the spot in the house because I can't go outside because I don't want to leave her by herself, then I'll do that, you know? And that was, that was a big shift that I kind of had to make. And I'm sure you've probably started to experience a similar sort of change. Um, and if, or, or if not, it can be another way for you to start looking at it. You know, we, we do 
we do look at ourselves sometimes and think, yeah, we've got to got to come up with this reason and it's great. And then when we delve even further into that, we can start to uncover not so much just about like the reasons behind why we're doing it and the catalyst for it, but we can start to like make ourselves a little bit more complete as a person. And especially like as a father, we can go, nah, these are the morals that like I want to be standing by for myself. And that's going to make you exceed far beyond your expectations, uh, both personally and in your competitive career, because you can keep it all together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, probably took me about, I reckon, four or five months to hit that point that you're sort of speaking about there. Yeah. Um, like I Bro, said, it took me years. <laughs> That's great. <yeah. laughs> um, I think probably because I was so like so heavy into um, my prep for the Arnold's. Um, probably, as I said, maybe about halfway through that prep. Yeah. You know, when cardio started to pick up a little bit, you know, I had to be a little bit more stringent with my food and things like that. Um, you know, I sort of looked at it and was like, you know, and then she was starting to get to the point where she was acknowledging things that I was doing, you know, with her being sort of five, six months old. Um, yeah, that's when sort of like a lot of changes were happening there. And then, uh, like you said, you know, being there for her was more important than than making sure I hit 15,000 steps for the day or, or weighing out 150 grams of rice um, for that aspect. So definitely can agree with that. Yeah, absolutely, man. It, it makes a, it just does, it makes such a big difference when you can see it and then go, whoa, hang on a second. I really need to, really need to have a look at how I'm acting and behaving. And like as, as men and as fathers, man, it's, it's difficult for us because we kind of go, all right, we've got this kid, but I know it's, and I know it's mine, but what's my role with this now? <laughs> like we just kind of get thrown into this pit and go, okay, so. I'm a father. That's awesome. I love my family. I love my I love my child. But what am I meant to do? And we start to we start to fight with that. We start to go, uh, is this the right thing to do? Am I doing this? All right. I want them to learn this. I want them to learn this. Or I need to act this way so that they can see me doing this. Therefore, they're going to grow up to to experience this and this. Yeah. And we start to think and put all this pressure on ourselves, which inevitably just ends up spilling itself over into everything. Yeah, definitely. Which makes yeah. it very, it makes it very different, uh, like very difficult. And I, I know with me, that was one of the largest issues that I had um, was with having a child and competing. It was almost like, okay, I know that I've got another priority now. I know that that's my main priority. I know I also don't want to lose too much of myself and training and improving is a big part of that. Yeah. But trying to find the balance between merging that together, man, that was, that was difficult and it was a, a really life-changing experience to work through that process and try to actually come together and go, okay, now I feel like I've, I've nailed it. Now I feel like I can balance it. But it took so much, almost, I don't want to say sacrifice, but it took a lot of, of discipline for me to go, I got to pull back on a lot of this bodybuilding stuff and this fitness stuff right now, because yeah. as much as it was a massive part of me, it took over a massive part of me too. And it took over a massive part that made me not able to enjoy the little things. It made me not be able to give my time and my presence and my, my effort, my energy towards all the small things that the parenting brings you. Like those really small things like sitting down and having ice cream at night while you're watching a, a movie. Yeah previously like years ago i would have sat there and gone ah 
I'll nibble on a couple of bits here and there, but I've got to go to bed at some point because I've got to be up super early to do this. Maybe I shouldn't be keeping you up that late, whatever it is. Man, being in this fitness lifestyle, it propels you into thinking that kind of way. And especially when we've got big goals that we kind of want to be like working towards, that always takes over. And especially when you're very new to it and you try and juggle it, man, it's it's really, really difficult. So it's really cool that you've managed to like get that together pretty quickly. Yeah, balance was something that you said the word balance, and that was something that sort of hit me pretty hard because, like you said, you realized that you couldn't be spending all of your time, you know, bodybuilding, fitness, family was there, but you don't want to go too far the other way. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, I know some guys, and, and I experienced this a little bit as well. Like, you stop training, you stop being meticulous with your food, and you stop doing all those things, you end up having an internal battle within yourself because, you know, you're not doing the things that you love. And if you're not doing the things that you love, which is for me is training and what have you, you know, I, I become a different person if I'm not doing those things. So it's like, I couldn't give all of myself to my daughter and my family if I wasn't working on myself, which was being in the gym and, you know, doing things that I loved and enjoyed. So like you said, finding that balance of, yep. Okay. Maybe instead of training for two hours at seven o'clock in the morning, I can train for an hour at six o'clock at night when she's in bed. Um, you know, finding that that balance or the not not training because you know if you don't train, you're going to be agitated. You're going to feel like shit when you know. So yeah, finding that balance was something that was really hard. I feel like um, in in competing, it's really easy to develop a, an all or nothing mindset. And Very much I, know so. that, I know that, especially when I didn't have any other priorities. Like when I was still a teenager or in my early twenties, it was a thing where. I had to be all or nothing because I saw that all or nothing was a way that you got yourself to the top and you could get there based off of how all or nothing you were. And when you have other priorities, other things start to sink in. And I know we've turned this very quickly into a, into a dad chat because that's obviously (laughs) an area that I'm extremely passionate about, but every father would be, (laughs) I'm glad that you are. Um, But I also remember what it felt like to have like a young child. I'm like, Whoa, this poor bloke. (laughs) I know what, I know what's coming. It's still very much. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, But man, you know, like I can see where that, that mindset of that, you know, hundred percent or nothing can be very detrimental. And I feel like these days, man, like the biggest, the biggest problem I can see is when people start to have to juggle other priorities, and especially right now with you know everything going on, when people are losing jobs, they're right and center, we don't know when we're going back to work. We try to throw ourselves into one bucket or another. And with parenting, for example, it's like, okay, I've just got to be there for my kid right now. And in doing so, they throw away everything else that's important to them. And then losing themselves makes them become grumpier, more agitated, more stressed. And, you know, if you're throwing everything all into one person, whether it's your child, whether it's your partner, well, all that stress that you're experiencing on the inside is going to then get projected out onto them. And that's not the best environment to have either. So I, I found for me, you know, it came down to understanding that, I can't do one or the other because I tried both and failed miserably. So the best way to do it was to think about, well, what times am I able to give 100% of myself to one particular thing? And then what other times am I able to do that? And it might mean that days I was, you know, throughout certain periods of the day, I'd be 100% into parenting, which would be from when my kid wakes up to when my kid goes to bed. But then after that, I go, all right, now I can be 100% into me. And into me would be different depending on how I'd be feeling. So... If it was gym, I used to put a lot of emphasis on making sure that I would be training consistently all the time. And then I get to a point where I would just be destroyed. And I'm like, all right, 
I can't put it into one thing. Part of me needs to be encompassing. Is it cooking? Is it sitting down doing nothing? Is it resting? Is it meditating? You know, anything else. It's got to be so segmented so that you can still have that like all or nothing mindset, but it's just broken down into very small areas. So you're not all into one thing all the time. You're kind of all into one thing, but at different times of the day or at different days of the week. And whenever a little small thing tries to come in here or there, if you try to let it, it will destroy you because you start to stress out and you start to go, oh, I really want to like be there for this person, but I can't because work's happening and then work needs me, but my girlfriend wants me to like hang out. What do I do? Like, you know, work now, girlfriend later or like partner now, work later, whatever it is that will get rid of the stress. But forever we're having these internal sort of like disagreements that I believe personally um, from bodybuilding, when we're looking at needing to be that all or nothing, if something comes in, it's really easy for us to go, I can't go out tonight because I need to stick to my meal plan. Yeah. You know, like that's, that was my all year 11 and 12 of college. <laughs> like <laughs> those guys like no 18th to me. Like I just need to be spot on for my like, you know, junior bodybuilding competition. Yeah. Um, but that develops and that grows. And I feel now getting further into it when more life starts happening, we can start to look at that and go, all right, well, I can be accepting and acknowledging of those behaviors and, and those patterns of how that happened. But now I know that if it occurs in my life, I need to look at it in a more all-encompassing way to think, all right, well, this is a lot different from what my focus was previously because I didn't have as many priorities. I didn't have as many things to look at. So now I can learn to go, I'm all in on this for now. And then I'm going to be all in on this for later. And then for this particular time of day or day of week, I know how to put myself into different baskets. Um, I know for me, that's something that I do. Uh, what, what's, what's some strategies that like you've gone through that you've noticed have worked pretty well to help you balance things? Cause it's an ever juggling art. Like you're always going to be trying to find new things that could work and couldn't work and some things work for a little bit, then they fail. So what have you tried so far? Yeah. Like you said, like it's ever changing and you know, like one thing will work one day and then it won't work another day. Um, so I'm very open to that, open to change. Mm. Uh, you know, work schedules change, training schedules change, your daughter's sleep schedule change. Everything's always different. So it's all, it's a matter of waking up, and sort of attacking each day with, okay, what's the best way to go about this? Um, so if I know my partner's working an earlier shift and I've got to have my daughter um, earlier in the morning, then that gets 100% of my attention, like you said. And then, and, you know, my, my partner gets home and, and she can sort of take over a little bit and then I can go train and that gets 100% of my of my attention. And, and I think that is a really good way, um, like you said, to, to, to get through it all and make sure that you're ticking all the boxes because um, it, is, it is really easy to, to focus on one or two boxes and leave a whole whole bunch unticked, but that's that's when you really start to deteriorate. And like you said, it only sort of takes one straw um, to break the camel's back in that instance because you're so wound up because you know you've got so much baggage that you're taking on every single day of not being able to make everything work. Um, and we do, as humans, um, have a tendency to try and please everyone and sacrifice ourselves a lot. Um, you know, that's something that I've sort of fallen into. Um, you know, and sort of bridging into the mental health a little bit. Um, that was something that I found deteriorated myself quite a lot, constantly putting other people's wants and needs before mine um, and getting to the end of the day and being being like, you know, I haven't, I haven't done a single thing that I wanted to do today um, and it affects me pretty heavily. 100%, man. I, I'm going to – I think it's a good idea to bridge into that now. Uh, just to wrap that bit up, I think 
when it comes to figuring out what to do and where to put your time and effort, there's no better way to give yourself a whirlwind of anxiety than to create a gigantic checklist yep. for a day and then get to the end of the day and realize that you've ticked off two things yep. because you're going to look at that and you're going to go, okay, so I did those two things, but I have another seven things that I haven't done. Therefore equals failure. Yep. And I got caught into that trap many times. And, you know, I still get into that trap sometimes now. But what I like to tell a lot of people and what I try to implement for myself is just look at the absolute most like fail-proof way that you can plan something super simple. So like you said, man, like, if it means that you've got a time where you put on a list of like, what am I going to do today to make the stay successful? And it's like, yep. gym. <laughs> yeah. That's it. You know, for me, it could be brush teeth have a yep. shower, you know, simple things like that. But I found, you know, when I've had my struggles with my mental health, those simple things are some of the first to go because I look at that and I go, wow, how did I get from A to B and seemingly manage to have no knowledge of how it happened? Yep. Like I've suddenly put myself into this pit where there's all these things that I've stopped doing, that I've stopped caring about that I'm not achieving, but I only remember when I was achieving it. I don't remember what happened in between. I remember yeah. what it felt like to do so, but I don't remember how I got here of now suddenly not having that anymore. So I think I think that's something that people need to really got to look at when it comes to, you know, planning a day and trying to structure things out to to balance everything in 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 life especially with fitness. It's it's about making it super simple and really really easy to just go, well, in order for me to juggle this successfully, I need to dedicate 1 hour to my partner, or I need to make sure I cook everyone breakfast, you know, yeah. something like that. And small things over time, once you just make those things habits, you know, it sounds, it sounds simple, right? But these are things that in fitness, I know for myself, I'm always going, oh, well, yeah, that's easy. Like, I don't need to do that. I got to think of bigger things. No, you got to think of the simple stuff too, because you're still failing on the simple things. <laughs> yep. You know? So bridging into um, bridging into more, you know, some of the things that you've experienced and we both experienced, um, what would you say has been some of the like big struggles for you mentally, especially when it comes to, like you said before, pleasing people and, and where do you think that sort of developed from? Um, oh man, we can, we can open up a whole can of worms there. Um, you know, Go a lot for of, it. That's all we're here for. Um, I mean, a lot of things are very much, um, you know, upbringing. Um, yeah. You know, we, we are the way we are because of the way that we're brought up and that's not a negative on anyone or anything. We are, everyone does the best in the scenarios that they're given. Um, but it's a very sort of like a nature nurture um, argument. Um, you know, as I said, I've always sort of felt that inferiority complex um, from a very young age. So that kind of stems from that a little bit, you know, wanting to make sure everyone's taken care of, everyone's you know, looked after, and then maybe if I've got time and effort, I can sort myself out as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it, like, it's important to note too, it's not just our environment for when we mentioned growing up, it's, it's also, there's a genetic link to yeah. different ways that we express our behaviors um, that's built into us. And when our environment plays a certain role, it can enhance some of those tendencies to lean towards different behaviors or different personality traits based off of whatever our genetic code tells us. So yeah. It doesn't mean that certain people have had it worse or better or whatever. It just means that like it's there and acknowledging it is one of the biggest things to think at first. Cause I know for me, man, like some of the biggest struggles that I've had when I've gone down some of my rabbit holes has been going, how did I get this way? How did I end up thinking like this? And 
you'll spend days thinking about that. You'll spend days trying to unravel it and pull it apart. Whereas really, you're pulling it apart because you're trying to fix it. Whereas if you pull it apart for the sake of just going, well, it's happened maybe because of this, but that doesn't matter too much. What matters most is accepting that it's just, you know, I'm feeling this way. And what can I do to try to get myself through it and, and improve from there? Yeah, that's a really big thing. Um, I was thinking about it before in terms of you're talking about sort of getting from point A to point B and not knowing how you've got there. Um, and that can, be, that can be one of the most frustrating things. Um, I know from my experiences with mental health, um, and I know a lot of people that I've spoken to have felt this way as well, that you, know, you can just wake up some mornings and you're like, I don't feel great today. You know, I'm, I'm struggling, struggling to do this. I'm struggling to do that. And the most frustrating thing in the world is someone asking you why and you genuinely not knowing the answer to that question. Mm. Um, you know, there's nothing worse than, oh, I feel like shit today. Why? I, I don't know. Um, and if you don't know the cause of something, you don't know how to fix it. That can be a very, like, th that's the connection that people make. Is I don't know why this happened, so I don't know why, how I can fix it. Um, and what we spoke about earlier in terms of like acknowledgement, understanding that, yes, I feel this way, let's pick it apart, not to figure out why, but like just to pick it apart to acknowledge that, yes, this is happening. Yes, I understand that it's happening. Let's look at how we can pull ourselves out of this rather than being like, fuck, what got me to this point? Mm. Yeah, exactly. It's really easy to get into a self-sabotaging mindset with it yep. all. And I feel, and I'll go on a limb and say it, that in, in fitness, because of the way that we are judged and judging others all the time, um, we very easily fall into a self-sabotaging pit because we have to be very critical of ourselves and our bodies because we're literally getting judged based on how good we look compared to somebody else. Yeah. So, you know, whether you, whether you want to admit it or not, I, I, I have to argue that that plays a massive role on any psyche of any competitor or anyone that's into fitness, you know? Absolutely. So, and I feel that, you know, we're, we're always going to be sabotaging ourselves if we are constantly battling, trying to find a, like a, a solution to a problem. And again, you know, we in bodybuilding and fitness, we go, all right, I have a, you know, smaller delts in comparison to the bloke that beat me last time on stage. Therefore, what do I do to bring up my delts? And I will find different exercises. I'll find, I'll try different training methods. I'll try, you know, different, different variables, whatever it might be to bring up a certain area. It's like, oh, problem, solution. Yeah. When it comes to some of our mental stuff, it's nowhere near that simple. But it's very easy for us to fall into the trap of going, okay, well, problem, let's try to find a solution. And then we try to find the solution. And if we do, we apply it. But then a few months later, it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and all we then have is this series of remembered failures that stick in our brain. And we go, I have literally tried everything. And now I don't know what to do. It's funny, actually, I was listening to um, crazy timing uh, when I saw your message, obviously, with all the stuff that went on with um, Luke Sandow. Yeah, yeah, so sad. Uh -huh. That, that affected me quite a lot, you know, him being a dad, him being very successful, him being, you know, quite a bubbly, happy person. And for that to happen, that sort of hit me quite a lot. Um, but I was listening to a podcast. Um, so him and Fuad Abiyad did a podcast quite a lot. Anyway, he had a couple of his friends on just recently to sort of discuss and sort of break down, you know, what, what happened and, you know, talk about some good things with Luke and things like that. Um, and someone made a really, really good analogy on that, talking about bodybuilding and mental health. So if you and I go into the gym and you and I bench 100 kilos for 20 reps, right, I'm going to have a different stimulus than, than you are. 
Yeah. Or we're doing the exact same thing. Um, you know, if it's talking about like someone has a better mind muscle connection when they're incline bench pressing, someone has a different mind muscle connection when they're doing an incline fly. So it's like if you and I are battling with the same issues, we mentally, we can't fix them the same way because our body's made up a different way. 100%. Uh, and that I heard that analogy and I was like, fuck, that actually makes a whole lot of sense. Because mm-hmm. if you know, I'm struggling um, today or whatever, and someone's like, oh, last time I was tr- struggling, I dealt with it this way. Like, it's not going to work the same way. The same way that if you and I go and do the exact same training program, follow the exact same diet, our bodies are going to respond completely different because of our genetic makeup. And I think that's really important to think about um, when people are struggling with mental health, that the best way to fix you is not the best way to fix someone else. And I think that's something that we can really focus on and really bring to light that everyone deals with things their own way. Um, And I think it's really important to understand how other people work and how other people can get better. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the, one of the biggest things I think is just allowing people some time to listen, mm-hmm. you know, like that's, that is undoubtedly something that can be beneficial for anyone that's going through issues. I know for me, like just having someone to hear me ramble off sometimes is yeah. all I need. I don't want somebody all the time to tell me what to do. I don't want someone to tell me what fixes. And especially when, especially if you know the things that you should be doing, and you yep. know that you're not doing the things that you should be doing. You know, like I know for me, I do that constantly. Um, yep. even, even with fitness stuff, you know, I will tell people what to eat. doesn't mean I'm doing the same thing. I'll tell people yep. what they've got to do to train. If clients, you're listening to this right now, then I'm sorry. But if <laughs> I'll tell you what to do. It doesn't mean I'm going to be in the gym all that many times, you know. Absolutely. But over time, you know, that, that compounds. And we need to be accepting of that and just kind of go, oh, well, we don't always need to have a fix for a problem. Sometimes we just have to get it off our chest. And yeah. a lot of that is why I've even started doing this thing with you today and the other guys that I have coming on later is just a chance to talk about some stuff a little bit differently and, and just get it off our chest. So with, um, with going down like your route with recognizing your whole like self-sabotage and everything, yeah. um, what do you think is the, the problems that those issues can cause later on like it directly happening in your life at the moment um you know like how, how does that how do you find those types of things that you've obviously developed over time impacting things and then what things can you see it impacting later on if they're not addressed yeah so the worst thing for me when we're talking about self-sabotage is you know me knowing that i'm doing the wrong thing at, at that specific time mm. uh, so you know you, if i've if i've made mistakes in the past um and I've made those mistakes knowing that they were the wrong thing to do, I then, I then self-sabotage even more um, because I'm like, I'm, I'm still doing things that I know are wrong. Like, it makes no sense. Mm. And then I get down on myself and then I feel even worse and then I end up making more mistakes and it just becomes a vicious cycle of, of me constantly almost telling myself that I'm, I'm a piece of shit. Um, mm. And... And acknowledging that, and that's been something that's really been big for me. It's like sitting back um, and talking about it and understanding that, yep, what I did there was the wrong thing to do. Next time, what can I, what can I do differently to make sure that I do the right thing? Um, and I think uh, something that's really helped me is that, you know, trying to constantly tell myself that I'm not a bad person. I'm a good person that does some bad things. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's really important to to sit back and acknowledge and comprehend that, okay, I'm doing this. How can I make the steps to, to not do this again um, and keep moving forward rather than falling into that loop and falling into that hole of, of fucking up, 
feeling shit about it, fucking up again, feeling shit about it, and then just continuing in that aspect. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's a there's a uh, humanistic concept uh, that was developed by Carl Rogers, who was a really like famous psychologist, um, and it's called incongruence, and that refers to like unpleasant feelings that usually result from a discrepancy between like our perceived self, like how we see ourselves and our, our like ideal self. So how we want to see ourselves. And so whenever we're experiencing a disparity between the two of those, like what we want to be doing and what we want to be like, but we know that we're acting differently and we're not being that way. The disparity in the middle is called incongruence. And when we're experiencing a lot of incongruence, we feel really bad. <laughs> and the concept is really designed to, well, we think that it's designed to help to spur us to make decisions in one direction. So we like to think that, especially going through therapy and these issues, we can think that, you know, experiencing that can be a trigger to improving behavior, to go, oh, I don't want to feel like this. It's almost like a defense mechanism, yeah? To be like, oh, I don't want to feel this incongruence, this incongruence, I've got to do something else. But if you're not acknowledging that, and if you're not knowing that you're doing the wrong thing, you're acknowledging that it's actually okay, and that you know that you are a good person, you're just doing some things that aren't right, yeah. then if, if you're not acknowledging it, you're never going to be able to make the right behavior changes to fix that. And so a lot of the time, it doesn't come down to like changing it. It just comes down to like knowing that you're doing it. And being aware of the fact that like you're feeling a certain way for a certain reason and that reason doesn't have to be clear as to like why it happened but what needs to be clear is that you're feeling that way because it's a sign that your mind is telling you hey you got to act a different way right now yeah yeah absolutely so i think yeah that's that that's super important and um i I know especially in um in our industry that is really prevalent with a lot of people um especially when it comes down to how people, you know, present themselves on social media. Um, We'll present ourselves a certain way, but then we'll be dealing with all this kind of crap behind the scenes. And we kind of hold ourselves to these ideals that we've got to be presenting in in whatever way to please sponsors or do this and do that. And like, I know you and I are a bit different to that, but it's not the norm. And I know that a lot of the people that do listen to this uh, will find themselves in the same boat. They'll find themselves feeling this pressure of needing to be something and, they might not admit to that, but they, they will be able to admit to the fact that they're feeling a pressure to be something that doesn't feel true to them. It doesn't feel right to them, but they do it anyway because... I can guarantee you that every single person listening to this right now has either posted something, commented something, or implied something that is not even remotely how they're feeling. And everybody has seen someone... This is the worst part, is that everyone has seen someone else post something and be like, that's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, spot on. Yeah. And like, I mean, you know, everyone's done it. So they've scrolled down, scrolled down through Instagram, whatever, and they've seen someone post something. It's like, I know that's not what that person feels and that's Mm -hmm. not what that person thinks right now. And that's that's something that, you know, is is really bad. It's all well and good if you can feel it within yourself and you can acknowledge it within yourself. But once you start to show that other people that it's okay to express a feeling that you're not actually feeling, then you're yeah. validating them doing the same thing. And I think that's what we talk about when, you know, when you talk about we see other people pleasing sponsors or, you know, promoting themselves on social media. And you and I like to project this sort of this realness. Um, and I think that's it's really important for other people to see that and be like, okay, it's okay for me to say this. You know, I don't have to post a physique update right now so everyone can tell me how good I look. I don't mm-hmm. have to do that because um, I feel like shit about myself. And I think that's really important. 
Absolutely, man. And with like with projecting realness, like I've spoken about it before. Even that concept in itself, because it's blown up a lot lately, um, that is causing a lot of incongruence in people because they're speaking about projecting their realness, but in reality, in doing so, they're not projecting any realness at all because they're hiding behind the scenes about what's actually happening. You know, and just telling people that you don't know and in a public forum that you've struggled with your training for a few days but you're right back onto it isn't projecting anything um it's not actually addressing something you know one of my biggest hates at the moment is using the word but um by justifying it you know i try to teach people to use the word and instead if you swap it around instead of going you know i missed a few training sessions but it's okay today's a new day and changing that to I've missed a few training sessions and I actually felt pretty horrible in doing so. And therefore, I'm going to actively try to do my best and improve the behavior to, and my, my focus towards training. That in itself is so much more empowering rather than going, missed a few training sessions, but it's all sweet, new day, let's get back into it. You know, that has a, an element of hope in there that everything's going to be okay just by winging it. <laughs> and yeah. I think that's where a lot of people are, are falling down at the moment is that they're trying to be real, they're trying to address things, but if you're not addressing it in the full context, uh, sometimes it can end up being more damaging to people. Mm-hmm. Just touching on that as well, is like with the end, you're acknowledging how, you know, missing those couple of days made you felt. And a lot of people mm. don't like to acknowledge it. They, they don't like this, so they, they use another outlet. You know, instead of saying, oh, today's a new day, but then they're repeating the same steps. Yeah. So it's like, oh, today's a new day, but everything's going to be okay. Well, everything wasn't okay on the last <laughs> few days. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> so let's, let's go back and have a look at that first, and then we can be, have a new day. Yeah, absolutely. Like a- acknowledging those feelings and how it's actually making you respond is critical <laughs> to being real with something and, and being open and honest. Uh, and with that, you know, Let's let's try to draw it into a bit more of a positive light now. Like after you've started to acknowledge a lot more of like how you got to a position that you're in at the moment or, or, or previously, how is it making you feel now uh, that you can like look back on some of the causes or some of the actions that you've taken in your like competitive history yeah. and can go, all right, that's happened, but or and <laughs> I am in this yeah. position, you know, like how's, how's that making you feel coming to that sort of realization? Yeah. I feel so empowered to be honest with you. Um, it's a sense of accomplishment, a sense of, you know, taking steps forward where previously, like I was saying is it was always a, but it was always a, I'm just going to forget that that shit time in my life happened rather than saying, okay, why did that shit time in my life happened? I would just be like, no, nah, forget about it. Move on. And mm. it would become a vicious cycle. So being able to acknowledge that, being able to understand why and take steps to be different in different situations and scenarios, it honestly makes me feel like I'm setting a better example I'm, without trying to put it back into my, my dad, dad mind. No, but, no, no. Go with it, man, because yeah. that, that's important. Don't, don't, don't but, like shut down on, on your own achievements, you know? Like this is you, you know, getting to a position of achieving what you was your original goal, you know, yeah. like you, you wanted to do it for her, you know, yeah. you're doing it for her now. And so sure. it's important to realize that, you know, now, I couldn't think about like how heartbreaking it would be to hear that in 15, 20 years time sort of thing. Like my daughter is, is subsiding and, and not acknowledging mistakes that she's making, continually making the same things. Mm. Uh, 
without feeling like she could come to me and express to me, hey, this is going on. Um, Spot on. And that's that's been really big for me. Um, I mean, we as as men and bodybuilders, and I mean, we're both tattooed and muscle bound type. You know, we don't we don't talk about how we feel. No. And you know that stigma is that that killed me for a long time. Um, so being able to acknowledge that, and like I said, thinking about my daughter in a sense of if she was ever going to be that person that didn't express how she felt, I'd I'd be heartbroken. So let's set that example now. Let's let's be better for for her and for everyone around me, not just her, but all of my relationships um, yeah. can definitely be better by me being being more open and more understanding and acknowledging what I've done and how it can be better. That's spot on, man. Like it, it really does all come down to setting that example. Hey, like I know I struggled a lot with wanting to be a certain way or wanting to raise my daughter a certain way. And I'd be trying to teach things and I'd be trying to, you know, get her to do the right things. But if I wasn't doing that myself, then she's never going to learn. And if I want my daughter to open up to me, I need to be able to open up to her. She needs to be able to see me opening up to other people. For sure. Like it all just comes down to how we do set those examples. And I think for a long time, I know for myself, like I struggled in that like transitioning period between realizing what was going on and then going, all right, cool. I'm here, but now what do I do with it? (laughs) And I just sort of like sat there and I feel like, you know, if anyone's listening to this and is like relating from a dad's sense and is going, Oh yeah, shit. (laughs) I know what that feels like. You'll be there for a while, but if you put too much pressure on yourself, you're never going to get out of it. If you just kind of go, well, simple to just like act the way that I want to be seen. And if I start acting the way that I want my child to grow up to be like, then they're going to see that. And they're going to be able to come to you later on and, and be able to express those, those problems. And I think more than anything, you, by doing so, you, you, you learn the tools that you need to learn in order to teach them on to other people. And you really can't do it without just throwing yourself in the deep end and going through it all yourself. Yeah, relating it to, you know, not everyone's going to have a, a young daughter or whatever. So <laughs> yeah, we're trying to relate it to everyone that's listening. I mean, imagine imagine how you would feel if you knew that your best friend was having an issue with something and they couldn't feel like they could tell you. Like how difficult that would be to, to, to feel. And that's what I try to always like sort of express that I try and set an example for people that are in my close circle that if I'm feeling something – I can feel like I can come to you and talk to you about it. Um, you know, I can be open and honest with you about it. And in that same respect, I would expect it back from you. So if you need something, then I don't want you to feel like you can't come to me and talk to me about it. Mm. Absolutely. And I think as well, you know, if um, if we present that and if we open up to sort of be able to ask for help, it yeah. makes a difference. Um, I know that I, I, man, I struggle with that chronically. Eh? Like I, I never used to be able to ask for anything. I used to always have to be the one that could be seen to be doing it all myself. And I, I prided myself on that. And it wasn't until I hit a real low point that I could be like, all right, asking people for help or to listen or to anything, just opening up about any issues that I'm having yeah. is actually quite cathartic and, and actually is soothing to an extent. Um, and it doesn't make me feel judged at all. It just means that I actually get to express myself. But before doing that, if you don't do it, you've only got yourself to talk to. And that can be really dangerous if you're not in a good spot. Yeah, that can become a really vicious cycle and something that I dealt with for a long period of time. And like you said, actually asking for help is so, so difficult. Um, so something that I would suggest to anybody listening, you know, if you're going through something and you feel like you can't physically call someone or go to someone and say, Hey mate, I need some help with something, try and go about it a different way. Um, Mm. if you're feeling 
if you're feeling really down about something and, you know, you feel like you need to get it out, you don't have to message someone and say, hey, mate, I need help. Just message them or, or just be like, hey, man, what's going on? Instigate that conversation that starts a dialogue, a dialogue um, and then that can flow on from that or even so, you know, you, you talk about other things and you're pulled out of that hole of I'm talking to myself, I need to help myself, I need to do this. So it's not a matter of, oh, I need help, can you help me right now? It's, hey, man, what's going on with you? Yeah, absolutely. Like starting that conversation is the biggest thing. Like you mentioned a spiral and there's a concept in like uh, a conflict resolution, both internal and external, where the best way to reduce the overwhelming feeling of, of conflicts uh, progressing is to just jump off the spiral. <laughs> Like if you can, if you can get off of that spiral, then it's sweet. <laughs> You're not going to be thinking about it anymore. So simple. It does sound so simple. So we do need to understand how difficult it can be to pull mm. yourself out of that. Because um, yeah, I mean, we can we can sit here and say yeah, just just jump off a spiral. Like it's just that simple. And I know that it's not. Um, and like I said, everyone deals with things their own their own specific ways, and that's really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you put it like that, it'd be nice. It's it, it's simple, right? But sometimes that contributes to it being harder because we go it's simple yeah why the hell why the hell can't i do it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know and then it beats so in you know? i think with reaching out to sometimes sometimes it helps to know how to respond when someone is actually reaching out so yeah. i know you know with all the you know are you okay stuff like yeah, everyone talks about the are you okay things and i, I love it i think it's great yeah. checking up mates is 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 awesome um and it's but it is very rare that you will get somebody responding saying that they're not okay um i actually i actually purposely tried to practice responding telling people if i wasn't okay i would go no i'm not and people found it very difficult to respond back or to know what to say and it by no means is any fault of theirs it's more just a case of it was very enlightening for me to see that because it made me think okay well if they're struggling to think of how to respond to that, then what what have I done that's wrong? I don't want to be a burden, you know? And it's a very common thing. So I think if someone's reaching out to you and in any way, you can always just sort of like look at somebody's life and think, okay, you, you might have been going through a little bit of a rough patch or if you haven't spoken to me for a while, it's probably a reason why you're reaching out. I'm not going to go probing into it. I'm not going to question it. I'm just going to keep engaging in the conversation so that you can feel comfortable. And the more comfortable that you feel over a while, the more likely they will be to eventually open up. But if, if you start probing a little bit more and if you try to immediately jump to let's fix the problem, yeah. uh, that can sometimes feel like a, a big weight is getting thrown at you. Um, coming from somebody that's not been okay, when someone goes, well, you've just got to do this to, to fix it, or I hear what you're saying and this is, you know, this is what you've got to do. This is what I think you should do. Well, that actually feels worse sometimes. That's a really great point that you made is there's so much social awareness and stigma about speaking up when you're not doing okay that the next step after that is what people struggle with. Mm, absolutely. So, holy shit. This, my mate's come to me and said that he's not doing okay. Like, what do I do now? Like, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> yeah. And I think it's very important for everyone listening to, you don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I know for me personally is like when I've struggled and I've come to someone and asked them, you know, they don't need to run to my house and bring me food and massage my head and tell me that everything's going to be okay. Mm. Just just being like, just listening. And I think in this day and age, people are so, so stuck in providing content. Um, so they're all, people are always speaking online or filming or posting or it's doing output. Yeah. Yeah. There's not enough input. 
and you know and taking information on board and i know for me you know i've got a really good circle of people around me which i attribute a lot of a lot of my um the forward steps that i've taken recently to a lot of the people that i've surrounded myself with um and just for them to just be like okay cool yep and what else all right cool yep all right cool now now what and it's not them saying, okay, you need to do this, this, and this. It's not them saying, oh, what about if, you know, why don't you just do this? It's just them going, okay. And they just acknowledge and they understand. And, mm-hmm. and it's not probing as such, but it's it's following on. So they'll ask another another question that gives you an opportunity to to talk more. And I think that's very important yeah. for anybody yeah. listening right now. If you know, if you have someone that comes to you and they are struggling, you don't have to fix them. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And you don't have to relate to them either. Like if you don't relate, don't try to. Please absolutely. don't try to. Absolutely. <laughs> Because, I mean, coming from, I'm sure you've experienced this as well, is, is when someone listens to a problem that you're currently going through and they're like, yeah, I know exactly how that feels. And you're like, no, you fucking don't. No, you, don't. <laughs> yeah. you, might, you might have experienced a similar, you know, category of emotion before, right. but, yeah. you know, we, we're, all, we're all different with how we process it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's very important to, to not try and do too much um, as a bystander. And, and often they don't, the people coming to you for help, they don't need too much. They just need something and they just need someone. And I think that's really important. Yeah, man. Actively listening is a skill that people need to learn. Um, We're not taught it in schools. We're not taught it in anything else. Like you have to learn how to listen. And uh, a big step that I took was, I can't remember where I learned it, but it was about waiting three seconds before responding. And if someone's talking, uh, I had to practice, you know, before I say anything, just wait. And you'll notice, especially if you're on the phone to somebody, if they're speaking to you and they're, you know, they're, they're expressing some concerns about an issue or they're having some problems, instead of going back and going, oh, yeah, like, fuck, that, that must be bad. Or, yeah, I feel you. I remember then this time, blah, 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 blah. If you just wait a couple of seconds, yep. you will see that in that pause, they start to open up even further. Yeah, definitely. You yeah. Know? So it's, it's, a good, it's a good trick to try to, you know, as Matt said, the best thing you want to do is just see if they can open up a little bit more by themselves without probing, without trying to push, without trying to resolve anything. If someone isn't okay, just let them, let them go and, and let them, let them speak freely. Um, and don't try to, don't try to fix anything, but, but be that, be that listening ear that they probably need at the time. Cause I know from personal, personal um, experience that the second that someone tries to jump on it, um, and you know, probe and question, and I, I go straight back into my shell. I'm like, no, no, yeah. no, no I don't, this, this is me too, too. yeah me too because uh, i'm sort of like you know i understand that you're trying to help and i'm really thankful of the fact that this is coming from a positive place yep. the thing that i can't accept is the fact that i don't want the help right now yep. i just want to express the way that i'm feeling I and i know the steps that you're probably going to tell me and part of my problem is that i know those steps as well yeah, <laughs> I know. I don't have myself to listen to. <laughs> more frustrating than someone telling you something you already know and can't do. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> it's like when my coach would tell me, "Oh, Carl, why didn't you do your cardio?" I'm like, "Yeah, shit, Phil, probably should have done my cardio." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly right, man. Like that, that was really cool. I think we'll wrap it up there because we're heading on to about sure. an hour now. Um, but is there any sort of like parting comment that you want to leave to people who'll be listening? This has turned out a bit differently from what I was expecting, but man. I've loved talking about all this mental health sort of stuff yep. and, and the experiences of what you've had. So if you could give a little piece of advice to anybody that you think um, would benefit or if you can think of something that you wish you knew before getting exposed to all this kind of stuff, what would yep. it be? Um, two things um, that have really been honing in for me lately is is that it's okay to feel the way that you feel. 
Um, and, and I mean, everyone's t- touching on that. It's okay not to be okay. But even if you're frustrated, agitated, you know, aggressive, depression, whatever it is, like, it's okay to, to feel that. And I think that's really important that, you know, everyone has ups and downs. Um, everyone does. And, you know, Luke, Luke Sandow was a, was a perfect example. And it was just something that he, that's a decision that he made, but, you know, he had good days and bad days. And I think for people to still be fighting the way that they're fighting, if they're experiencing things is, is a really commendable thing. And, and I really do appreciate everybody that is struggling through something and then they're continuing to get better at it and they're continuing to work at it. Um, so it's okay to feel however you feel. And another thing that I've, I've really touched on is it's a bad day. It's not a bad life. Um, mm, that's something that's that really, really sort of struck me lately is, yeah, having a bad day or having two bad days does not equal a bad life. Um, and that's something that I really want people to just reiterate and just, just constantly tell themselves of, yep, today was shit. And what we we're saying before, it's, it's not about, but tomorrow is going to be better. It's acknowledging that understanding that, yeah, today was a bad day. That's all right, but I'm not having a bad life. And I think that's, mm. if everyone was that, then I think we're going to go a lot, a long way. Absolutely, man. And and even so, like, I've, I've thought about that sometimes and I've gone, all right, well, now I've got a string of bad days. What's that mean? Mate, yeah. You can have you can have bad years. You can have a bad decade. You know, there is always time to turn <laughs> it around. <laughs> let's, hope you let's hope you don't have a bad decade, but you know, there's always time to turn it around. And, and throughout those times, it's important to know that even though it's bad, it's not always going to be bad. When it's good, it's also not always going to be good. You know, life's about having those ups and downs and it's about just kind of like riding with those waves and the more you can understand and accept it, then the more balanced you'll end up feeling throughout the whole process. Perfect, man. Couldn't have said it better. Awesome. Thanks heaps for that, Matt. Um, is there a shout out you want to give? Where can people reach you if they want to talk to you at all or any sponsors you want to mention? Um, well, I've always ride and died with uh, Optimum Nutrition. That's pretty much all I've got there. Uh, so they've always been with me since day one. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Matthew Orchard. The Matthew spelt weird, so might have to throw a link in. M-A-T-H-E-U is how it's spelled. So kind of weird. Beautiful. But Matthew Orchard is me on Instagram. That's where I do a lot of my work. Um, but you'll find me being as real as always every day on all of my things that I do. So I appreciate you having me on, man. It's really, I think it's really important. And um, I've loved being a part of it, man. I really appreciate you letting me come on and talk some shit. So. My pleasure, man. This has been great. And guys, um, please, if you liked this episode, please remember to share a screenshot, tag me in it at the Physique Coach AU, tag Prep Brain, hashtag Prep Brain, or tag Matthew in it as well. Uh, I'm hoping to be doing a few more of these over the next coming weeks, uh, especially if we're still locked down in this whole apocalypse. It would be great to have some more people come on and chat. Like I said previously, uh, my initial intention was to do all these things anonymous, um, but it's been great having Matt as a facial advocate for this, um, which has been awesome. I think it's going to be very powerful. But if you do want to come on and have a bit of a chat about any of the issues that you're currently experiencing if you even if you haven't worked them out if you haven't been able to solve anything right now i don't want to do no therapy sessions with people i just want to act as a place where people can go and chat uh, and talk about some struggles they may be having because i can guarantee you with the amount of people that have reached out to me and mentioned things that they're experiencing, you're not alone. And a lot of people are experiencing the exact same stuff. So please, if you do want to come on, if you want to have a chat, even if you don't want to come on and you just want to reach out, please send us a message or share us on your stories and all that kind of jazz. See you next time. Always maintain that my DMs are always open as well. So if anyone needs a chat, anything at all, I always maintain that 100%. So, Absolutely. That's cool. See you guys. See ya.